Hey coach, Kevin Lytle with the Colorado in here. Um, sorry, this is sort of a uh, one you may not even be aware of yet, but Football Scoop just said, tweeted that the game is being canceled. Have you heard anything to to that possibility? Um, you know, I, I just, that's why I'm late getting on the call here. I just got some news that there may be some issues, um, but I don't, I don't know that we're, 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 I don't know anything about that report. And I don't know my, my you guys haven't been told. That I way. haven't been told. And my understanding is that we're, we're not, that's not where we are. Right um, but in full transparency, I, I, you know, I just heard coming in here that there were, there were a couple issues. Uh, but, you know, I mean, I look at it like we got issues every day. I mean, we got issues every week. You know, we're going on the road and we're playing people and we're missing key players. So I'm I'm just accustomed to the fact that, you know, I mean, that's norm. And then, of course, the league has got standards and, you know, you have to reach a certain threshold. And if you reach that threshold by league standard, then then you're not able to play. So, I mean, you know, with all this, I think, you know, you got to be careful what's fact and what's fiction. Um, obviously, we all know in these uncharted times that, you know, um, this is all real and it just comes down to, you know, what the facts are. Um, but, you know, having an issue and being without players, you know, join the crowd. I mean, we've been in that on a weekly basis. Now, when it gets to a certain threshold, that's another story. And, uh, you know, in the New Mexico case, they that was more of a uh, governor county thing, I think, than anything else. I don't know that it was a threshold thing. So it's all over the lot. I wouldn't want to speculate. I just, you know, <laughs> I don't even want to say. I'm just, it's just like we just got, we put so much work into this stuff that it's like, you know, you're literally shaking your head. But you know what? We, we, you know, this is real and, and, and safety is of the utmost importance. And uh, you just, you know, you just keep moving forward. Hey, Coach, Justin Michael again of DNVR. You know, I know you're probably just as surprised as all of us, and, and we're still trying to figure out all this information. Would you be open to potentially playing, you know, somebody else if this game doesn't happen? There have been rumors <laughs> that CU is looking for an opponent this weekend. <laughs> well, you guys are all over the place, man. Um, yeah, yeah. The simple answer is yeah. You know, I'm, I'm always open for everything. Um you know, what's a reality? I mean, you got, you know, understand. I know you do understand. I just walked off the field, right? So, I mean, you're hitting me with a lot of things right now. Um, yeah, I mean, everything's always on the table with me. And I, and, but I have, I have to have all the information and make decisions that are in the best interest of the program. And, you know, I mean... Today's Tuesday. We just, you know, we work out and we practice in the morning. So now our Tuesday practice is gone. Right. And, uh, you know, so I, I've got to absorb all of this. And honestly, when I walk away from this computer right now, I'm going to exactly go absorb everything that was just said to me and 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 and, and just deal with it. Um, but is everything on the table for me? Yes. Last time we lost a game, I was I walked just like now. I walked right out of here and scrambled upstairs to see if we could find another game, you know, and then evaluate it. So um, I'm always of the mindset I want to play as long as, you know, I mean, you know, you can somehow put things all together, whoever, whatever, wherever, whenever. I mean, we're getting on a pretty short clock right now. And then, you know, I, I always have to consider that we turn around and play uh, Air Force uh, at noon on Thursday. Right. So, I mean. I don't have a full week the next week either. So um, I, I, you know, I don't have any more to say than that. I, that's just, I mean, I'm as transparent as I can be with you guys. Literally, you're saying that to me and I'm saying, absorbing it and thinking it through as I'm speaking. What's up, y'all? Welcome back to another edition of the DNVR Rams podcast presented by Chevalier Mortgage. As always, I'm your host, Justin Michael, and I've got a dope episode for you today. Uh, mostly going to be an interview with former Colorado State Rams tight end Dalton Fackrell. Had a really great time talking with him about the Mike Bobo era, some of the accusations against the old staff, uh, what kind of went wrong, what went right in those 2016-2017 seasons, just kind of all of it. He was a great interview. It was 
really, really great just to catch up with him. So I think you guys are going to enjoy that. Before we get into that, though, got to briefly just kind of talk about what's been going on. The last 48 hours have been absolutely wild up in the fort. There was a report from Football Scoop during yesterday's press conference that the UNLV game was canceled. Uh, the guy has since walked that back. It does sound like UNLV does have some some COVID issues that they're dealing with. Uh, the game just hasn't officially at least been canceled as of yet. That could you know, obviously change by the minute. So we'll keep our eyes on that and how that entire process plays out. Not going to dwell on it too much because you know being wrong is a part of the business. I've been wrong before. I will say this particular report frustrated me because I texted Eddie Hers when it dropped and I texted my buddy Michael Katz up in Laramie and I just go, I wonder if this guy actually knows or if he's just speculating. And, you know, it, it seems like he was speculating. So Football Scoop tends to do that quite a bit and kind of annoys me a little bit. That's multiple times they've done that on CSU now. And I don't know. I just think it's proof that you're better off trusting your local sources most of the time. Brett McMurphy, you know, some of those big time guys, that's a whole different deal. But, you know, some of these internet national guys that don't really have any recourse, they just, you know, kind of speculate and hope that they're right. And when they're right, they get to brag about it and you get all the retweets and all that. And when they're wrong, they just hide off Twitter for a couple of days. So it, it it annoys me a little bit when stuff like that happens. And just knowing because like it completely derailed our press conference. You know, it we didn't get any player availability after that. People, you know, there's there's no recourse. And so it, it just frustrates me. Like I said, you know, being being wrong, that's a part of the industry. I'm not mad that he was wrong. I just hope that he realizes that it had an impact. You know, when I can name every report that I've ever put out there that's been wrong because that's how much it eats at me. I would never put something out that I wasn't really confident in. And and I know that's true about Eddie Hers. I know that's true about the guys at the Colorado Inn. And so I just I, I can't say the same thing for some of those national guys sometimes. So it, it gets on my nerves. It happens. We'll move on. UNLV games still might get canceled at some point. But the point is, is it wasn't when that guy reported it. And he was just speculating. And, and that's dangerous. It's irresponsible. And it pissed me off. It messed up our day. So that's where we're, that's, that's where we're at. That's why I played that Adazio audio from the press conference. Just because I thought you guys would enjoy it. But we'll move on. Let's get to that Dalton Fackrell interview. Before we do, though, got to acknowledge our partners over at Chevalier Mortgage. When it comes to refinancing, Mike and Virginia Chevalier are the best in town. They're a husband and wife duo with over 15 years of financial service experience. And they're just really, really great, trustworthy people. Refinancing, it's a complicated process. It's not for everyone. They're going to take a look at your financial situation and honestly assess what's the best route for you. If you're wondering, you know, are the rates really as good as I've heard? You got to call them right now. I'm telling you, these rates are incredible. Call Mike directly at 970-412-2472. That's 970-412-2472. Get set up with a free consultation. Or visit dnvrmortgage.com. That's dnvrmortgage.com. And enter to win a free DNVR shirt or hat of your choice when you do. Most importantly, you can also get set up with that free consultation. They can save you hundreds a month and thousands of dollars in interest over the life of a loan. Who doesn't want to save thousands of dollars? They can help you find out if you're able to reduce or even eliminate your current mortgage insurance premiums. Whatever it is, you know, maybe maybe you want to access the equity in your house to do a large project or go back to school, for instance, MSU Denver Online. Maybe you just want to consolidate student loans. Call Mike in Virginia. They are the best in the business and they will get you hooked up. Visit dnvrmortgage.com and enter to get a free DNVR shirt or hat of your choice. That's dnvrmortgage.com. Michael Chevalier, NMLS number 1931006. All right, joining me today, we've got a special guest, first time on the podcast, former Colorado State tight end Dalton Fackrell. Dalton, how's it going, my man? I know we talked a little bit before you got on, but what's been new? Thanks for having me on, Justin. No, I'm excited to be here. I'm excited to talk a little CSU. I don't get to do it a lot now. I'm up in Seattle. Um, found a few alumni up here, but uh, anytime I can talk, <laughs> talk, talk Ram stuff, I'm here for it. I'm about it. You know, let's, let's just go all the way back to the beginning. You know, you, you played at Snow Junior College, had a successful career there. 
why CSU? You know, what sold you on CSU in the first place? Um, so my offensive coordinator at Snow was actually really good friends with uh, Jeff Hammerschmidt. Okay. Uh, so that he was the one who was recruiting me, my main recruiter at the time, and uh, me and him got along great. Loved Hammerschmidt. I'm still actually keeping contact with him to this day a little bit, mainly around birthdays and stuff. But, um, you know, what really sold me there is I went on an unofficial visit with some friends. I had a, a friend I went to high school with who went to CSU, and he was like, come on out, check it out. And I, I think it was for a junior day or something. So um, I stayed with him, loved Fort Collins. I mean, Fort Collins was really what sold me. Um, and then um, came back from my official visit. I brought my dad out um, just so he could see what I was talking about. And um, it happened to be his birthday that same time. So I parted ways with my host. I think my host was New Volley. Um, he's good he's host. Too. Great. I heard, I think he's uh, batting a thousand when it comes to recruits committing. <laughs> so, <laughs> I, I believe it. Yeah. You want somebody to commit, send them to New Volley. <laughs> but then um yeah all the coaches took my dad out that night um treated him right for his birthday and we uh, actually crossed paths on the way back to the hotel early early morning <laughs> and he was just like i love it here i want to move here <laughs> and then that that day i committed in bobo's office right there and uh yeah the rest is history win the parents over man that's that's half the battle sometimes it's hard to tell your parents no <laughs> exactly you know what are you gonna do they're still in charge like you're a grown-up at that point but it's you know it's, it's your mom and dad what are you gonna do no absolutely and it was it was welcoming i mean even after i committed and you know meets bobo or any of the coaches would see my parents around it was hey on first name basis how are you just treated them like a family and i know they appreciated that and i appreciated that you know um 2016 and 2017 were kind of interesting because there were a lot of high moments. There were a lot of low moments. And I don't want to dwell, you know, too much on, you know, all the worst games of your entire career or anything like that, because, you know, we've talked behind the scenes and I get it, you know, they're still painful, but I am going to pick your brain a little bit on them. And, and kind of just starting with that 44 to seven loss against Colorado game one, right off the bat in 2016, were you kind of like regretting your decision at that point, or maybe questioned <laughs> it a little bit? That was my uh, welcome to Division One football game. Uh, first game I played in, it was um, the Broncos Stadium, and it was just like, all right, let's see what this is about. Unfortunately, I'd been battling shoulder problems since junior college, and I hadn't really had, I think it was first week of fall camp, like didn't really get a lot of reps, battling an injury, and then I remember specifically I ran an out route um, into a sitting cover two corner. And I got thrown into him, and I think it was uh, it was EA. He's um, a big dude. Hit me harder than I've ever been hit in my life. I was just like, <laughs> <laughs> got up to the sideline. I was like, man, this is uh, it's a little faster than I'm used to. But yeah, that was a uh, was a welcome to college Division One college football game for sure for me. I gotta ask you guys. It's been enough time now that I think I can ask. I never wanted to ask in the moment because it's different, you know, when you're actually covering the team. Did you guys give Fatone any crap for celebrating that first down? To this day. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, my God. It was so that, bad. That, that, that gift gets thrown around all the time. I mean, immediately after that Sunday film. I mean, <laughs> to this day. I mean, I don't think that'll ever go away. It's an all-time Colorado State gift. <laughs> Fatone, a, a nice guy. A lot. That whole QB carousel. It didn't really make any sense to me. Did I mean? Did it make any sense to you guys at the time? Just try go. I mean, you guys really were playing all three guys at one point, Colin, Nick, and Fatone. It just kind of seemed. I don't know. It was just yeah. weird. Yeah, I mean, Fatone gave us a little bit of a, a dual threat option more than true. Yeah, Nick. So that was. I mean, change of pace that way. Certain packages for him. Um, yeah, I mean, my head was kind of spinning. I'm not really sure what the thought process there, but once once Colin came in, I mean. The dude was bald. Like, Colin, that year, Colin was absolutely spinning it. I mean, I was like, yeah, this is the guy right now. Like, let's go with him. I've been one of Colin's, you know, biggest, not really supporters. There aren't really that many people that are against Colin Hill because he's just such a nice guy. But I've, I've been one of those guys who's long been like, if he just could have stayed healthy, he maybe could have been the best quarterback in CSU football history. Am I, is that too much hyperbole? Like, that kid seems special. No, yeah. I mean, you could obviously play the what-if game. Too. Yeah, yeah. And, but absolutely, from a talent aspect, and just 
understanding football and offensive schemes and reading a defense, like as a true freshman to come in and do that. And, you know, the stuff he has isn't coachable. I mean, between his ears, like the kids lights out, he's one of the best dudes on and off the field. And, you know, no South Carolina right now, it's not having the year they wanted to, but it's, um, it's not his fault. Like the kids are stud. I mean, between him and Prentice, like those are the be- two of the best dudes off the field and on, and on the field. Like you could ask for, they're just football players. Totally. totally. Two of the best guys that I've, I've definitely been around from a media perspective, just really genuine guys. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, and you and, and Jake are very genuine dudes yourself. Honestly, it's CSU is the nice thing about being on this beat is there's just a lot of really good people and it, they're easy to root for. It's sometimes frustrating uh, with the outcomes as, as you all know, but that's just part of it. Wins, losses, that's football. Um, you mentioned the South Carolina stuff. Obviously Mike Bobo, now kind of taking over as the interim guy. Do you have any thoughts on that? Um, I, I have nothing bad to say, but I love Bobo. I mean, between him and – I mean, I dealt with him and Coach Cox the most, um, and I still keep in contact with Coach Cox. Um, he'll call me every once in a while, and we'll just cut, call him, catch up. Um, but I think, you know, he's great. He's a good leader. He's a brilliant – like one of the smartest offensive mind I've ever been around, the way he sees the game and stuff. Um, yeah. I don't think they're going to have any problem with him as the interim coach. So were you kind of surprised by some of these reports that came out in the summer? Because I'm going to be like, I, I was shocked when some of this stuff came out. Granted, we didn't get to be there for all the practices and football coaches, all that stuff's complex. People's relationships, nobody's experience is ever going to be, you know, the same for the entire locker room, but it really caught me off guard. Yeah, no, I mean, it kind of caught everyone off guard. I know we had, you know, as former players, text messages and conversation on the side, you know, things like that. I mean, I can speak from my perspective. I never, you know, felt out of sorts or I was never personally attacked or anything like that. I'm not going to denounce anybody who's saying they were because, you know, maybe they, like you said, had a a different experience. But from my my perspective on everything, I mean, I never – I didn't see anything out of normal football. I mean, since I've been playing, some guys – can't it's coaching like everybody takes coaching different it's kind of a weird gray area that you have to balance in tightrope so yeah i mean i was shocked by it all totally and you know i I've just try to be careful because i want to you know be respectful of everybody's experiences and like you said i'm not trying to denounce anybody that you know feels they were treated a certain way it just it surprised me because you know i i covered bobo the entire time he was here as i actually interned the first six months he was in fort collins then I worked from the media side the rest of the time he was here. And I just would have thought, you know, if that kind of stuff was going on, somebody, I mean, I knew a lot of coaches and players. It would like somebody would have come forward. I would have assumed at some point, I don't it, it just seems so weird. Yeah. And, you know, I think it's a lot about how people have been coached in the past. I mean, some people aren't used to being coached like that. Um, you know, sometimes they will, you know, check you, put you kind of in your place. Like, yeah, you know, I mean, it's tough coaching. It's culture. Sure. That's yeah, D1 it's, football. Exactly. And I, I think a lot of some people aren't used to that. I mean, I was fortunate to play in some bigger programs in high school and in junior college to when I came to CSU and used to that kind of talk. To, you know, you kind of let it roll off your back a little bit because, um, you know, they'll, they'll challenge you. I mean, that's how they want to get the most out of you. You got to be challenged. And I get that. And so sometimes, you know, maybe they took it a little far, but they got – try to get the most out of us. It always came from a good place. It was never, I didn't think it was any malicious act or anything personal. That's the important distinction to me. You know, I'm not, I'm not trying to sit here and say the coaches were perfect and you know, I, I wasn't there. So we didn't, we didn't get to be there for a lot of that. So who knows, but I just kind of wanted to get your perspective on it a little bit. We don't have to, we don't have to dwell on the, you know, past the entire time, but you know, <laughs> yeah. thank you for being willing to talk about <laughs> yeah, it. No, yeah, no worries. The one I'm um, just kind of, that Boise State game. I know it's coming. <laughs> no, I... oh, Boise State, man. That's that's a whole deal. Let's let's start with 2016 because okay. first of all, that that whole that that's kind of the time period where Nick started to ball out, really. I mean, he played really good football down the stretch in that 2016 season going all the way through 2017. Uh, kind of an underrated time in my opinion. You know, people were they had really high expectations and the tough losses. You know how fans get. Mm-hmm. That Boise State game, have you ever seen anything like Hayden's onside kicks? No, <laughs> not, not at all. I mean, Hayden was a uh, 
was a weapon for us. I mean, I'm, I'm surprised he's still not on a team somewhere. Like the, the man's leg was an absolute rocket. <laughs> it like, doesn't make any sense to me. And he was so accurate. No. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't understand it at all. He was, uh, he was awesome. Those two onside kicks were <laughs> incredible. It was one of those games where it was just like kind of maybe it was a whiff, and then all of a sudden it was just like right back in this thing. Let's roll. You know, you guys, you come back, you end up losing a tough one at Boise State. But after that, you win four or five to close the season. Your only loss is that 49-46 shootout at the academy. That was your first career starter, wasn't it? Yeah, I believe so. It was a, it was a nice brisk evening in the uh, Colorado Springs. Yeah, nice and cold. The coldest game I like, I think I've ever felt. <laughs> like, I don't know what it was. I remember I got too close to the heater, started burning up a little bit. It was, it was back when I had my long hair too. <laughs> it was one of the refs on the way out told me I couldn't wear my hair down because it was covering my number, and it was a uniform infraction. So what? I had to, up to come out of the tunnel, and then I just took it out. <laughs> I was like, okay, like I've never heard that before. Yeah, but uh, no, yeah, that was uh, that was another heartbreaker i mean that was uh michael gallup's coming out season <laughs> just oh from, man just for, that yeah it really was just feed, feed that man the rock i mean i know it came down to an unfortunate fumble but i would have rather had the ball in his hands than anyone else's so give me that 10 out of 10 times i mean yeah what are you gonna the best player on the field fumbled it happened it, it's not like you can pin it on him the, the you're not even in the game without mike so no absolutely not and you know, you brought it up either. You know, Nick Stevens really turned it on that that part of the year, and then into 2017. I mean, I know we talked about Colin being, you know, everything, but as far as I think Nick's second to Bobo, maybe second to Cox in uh, just smartest offensive reading and defense. Like, Nick oh, he was so brilliant and just know exactly what they were doing, what defense they're in, what what they're bluffing. Check us into the right play every time. Like having Nick on the field, commanding everything between him and Jake, you knew we were going to be in the right position. Okay, yeah, but. You guys just had such a smart football team. And I think that's, especially for, you know, people like me, you that actually knew some of these guys, I think that's the hard part looking back is just knowing you guys, you had the talent, you had the intelligence. It just, it didn't come together. And that's sports sometimes. Yeah. I mean, it's unfortunate. The ball bounces a couple of different ways. You know, we're looking at this completely different, but yeah, to your point, we, everybody on that team that I can think of that my senior year um, was so locked in from, just a playbook perspective. I mean, we'd go to the line and call two or three plays and then Nick would check us in and from receivers to running backs to O line. I mean, everybody on that offense was just locked in and that's no way we had a successful offense this year. I definitely have some questions about that 2017 season before, before we get into it, just real quick, I got to ask you about the potato bowl. What, what do you think about, you know, when you, cause that game was just so weird. Like when you think back to that night, what stands out the most? Um, the field first and foremost. I think what set it up is I remember our first night there for the bowl week. We were at the potato bowl and they serve us potatoes. And I asked one of the on the wait staff, I was like, "Hey, you know what part of Idaho are these potatoes from?" And they're like, "Oh, we don't sell any of Idaho grown potatoes in Idaho. We export everything." And I was like, "Wait, so these potatoes from the potato bowl aren't even from Idaho? <laughs> Washington?" And I was like, "Okay, this is a weird week." And then fast forward to the set up from the beginning i heard a rumor that you guys like had the wrong cleats or something i don't know if that's true i well i think that we were supposed to wear a different colored cleat because it's coordinated i mean our equipment staff did a fantastic job but i think we might have had the wrong color cleats or something yeah but okay so it wasn't like a performance thing it was no okay a little insight into Going into 2017, um, Leah Simmons was one of our trainers um, on the team. She was actually a graduate assistant at Boise State for that 2016 year. And she told us, she was like, hey, if Boise would have been playing on that field, they would have never been in that condition. <laughs> like, it was for the potato bowl. I was like, interesting. Like, just from the hash line to the hash marks to the sideline, it was just frozen. I mean, I remember there was one play we ran four verticals and everybody at the same time tried to stop and everybody just down the field, just fall. (laughs) (laughs) All four people just went down. I was like, this is going to be a long night. I mean, honestly, it's a miracle that nobody suffered a major injury. There was one point where Izzy going into the end zone just slid like five full feet. Yeah. It was, if you were not between hash mark and hash mark, like it was not, (laughs) it was not safe. Like every time I got flexed out, I was like 
walking on eggshells, like trying to run down the field. It was, it was a nightmare. That's so ridiculous. Do you think, I mean, did you guys know the field was going to be crappy before that day? I mean, did, that, did you think that impacted the mindset at all? We practiced um, actually in their practice facility that was covered. Um, it's just kitty corner from the stadium. Yeah. Uh, but we didn't. I think the only time we spent on that field was walking across it. And it was kind of like, uh, like you didn't really think about it until you're actually warming up for the game and then dropped to what, 10 degrees that night and just added to everything. But I, I won't knock bowl games. I love bowl games. Anytime you can make it to a bowl game, like, even if the field's like that, it, it, that makes D1 football worth it. Do you think there were guys on the team that maybe just weren't as up for that matchup, given that it's Boise, Idaho, December? you're playing Idaho, you know, you're coming off of a couple of tough losses or not a couple of tough losses. You actually just beat San Diego state. So maybe. Yeah. Not. I mean, maybe some guys were that way. I think that, you know, when you set out the goal to win the conference championship every year and then you come up short and, but you still get a playable game. And then, you know, some people are just kind of like, Oh, this is, you have the people who are like, Oh, this is the last one of the year. Let's lock in. Let's do this. And be like, you have the people like, I just want to have fun with it. Like, got to find that competitive balance and be like, Hey, this is the last ride. Like we, we got to lock in. Do you think you guys had the right balance? What about like going into next year? Cause it was kind of the same deal in 2017. You know, you think you're going to win the conference and then obviously, you know, some stuff happens and then you end up getting the New Mexico bowl, which is actually, in my opinion, one of the better bowl experiences just with all the other stuff around it. Yeah. I mean, I think we were closer to being on the right track that next year. We were just, I mean, just that, that finish aspect um, that people are always talking about. Um, just couldn't find a way to finish those tough games. I mean, that's what separates good teams from great teams is that, that ability to find a way to win. I mean, it's not like that Marshall team was bad. They, they were pretty dang good. No, yeah, they came out ready to play. Their, their, I remember their tight end was hauling out. I think he had two touchdowns or something. Yeah. <laughs> I was just like, man, must be nice. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I will get say, Michael open. <laughs> <laughs> when I think of that game, uh, there was like three plays where Michael Gallup was just wide open, and and Nick missed him a couple times. And I'm not, I'm like, I'm not blaming Nick at all. Like I said, he <laughs> absolutely balled out that whole season. But just, just such a weird game. Yeah, bowl games are tough too because you have about three or four weeks to prepare. Yeah. For- that, that one week, that quick turnover where you're in a routine, you're in a rhythm, that four weeks kind of gets dragged out, kind of four by, it's essentially three bye weeks. And then you're like, all right, it's almost like the beginning of a new season, depending on how late in the December that game is. Back to the podcast in just a second. But first, week 10 of football is in the books. And now it's time to review the tape and get ready for week 11. There's no better place to get in on all of the action than with DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. To add to the excitement of Week 11, DraftKings Sportsbook is bringing back their can't-miss offer. If you haven't tried DraftKings Sportsbook app yet, head to the App Store now. You do not want to miss this. DraftKings is giving all new users the opportunity to earn a sign-up bonus of up to $1,000 when signing up using the promo code DNVR. DraftKings Sportsbook has endless ways for you to bet from live betting, Betting on your favorite players, they do it all. Don't worry though, if football isn't for you, DraftKings is giving all MMA fans who sign up now the chance to triple their winnings when they place any bets on UFC 255. And of course, we have college basketball coming up right around the corner, which I gotta tell you, I cannot wait to bet on. DraftKings is safe, reliable, and secure, making it easy for you to deposit and withdraw your money at your convenience. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use the promo code DNVR when you sign up and get a sign-up bonus of up to $1,000. That promo code DNVR with a sign-up bonus of up to $1,000. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, Colorado only. Bonus comprised of a first deposit bonus. Deposit bonus requires 25 times playthrough. Restrictions do apply. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for details. Have a gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. Like I said, I don't want to. I don't want to focus too much on on the tough losses, especially 2017, because I think a couple of those were particularly painful. We, we can talk through them. We can talk through them. I need I need this therapy session. Let's, so. All right, let's go through it then. Which which one hurt the worst? Because I mean, Air Force. It was kind of a weird game, and 
I want I would say it took the the air out of you, but you guys played really hard against Boise State and Wyoming after that. So it's not like you guys lost to Air Force and then just threw in the towel. Yeah. I mean, I'd probably have to rank it most painful was that Boise game. Well, um, yeah, just given the circumstances. But like the one I wanted to win the most was definitely Wyoming. <laughs> like that snow game, the snow globe. Um, that one I definitely wanted to pull out somehow. And then obviously CU. I mean, it was always one. But yeah, I mean, those, the Boise State and the Wyoming, because I remember 2016 um, at, in Hughes and just that was my first Wyoming game. And yeah. Then, running across the field and snagging the boot from the sideline. I was just like, that, I was like, man, I want this one next year. Like, so <laughs> thanks. Thank you to the guys this year who were, I was able finally to say we beat Wyoming. I mean, it, it's all hindsight now, but, or not really hindsight, but if you could, if you could pick and change one thing about the past, would you rather have won those bowl games or would you have rather beaten Wyoming one of the times? Wyoming, <laughs> no question. Um, I would have taken any rivalry game, to be completely honest. I got skunked in my two years there, which hurts a lot. <laughs> I got to live with that every day. I've actually talked to Jake Bennett about that. and he, His, it started in high school. We went, I went to the same high school as Jake Bennett. So. Yeah, Bear Creek's finest, the 303. Oh, man. We, uh, we've done some good things, but we, we can't seem to win the big games. Mm-hmm. No, it is, it's tough. You, that's really what makes a team special is the ability to win the big games and find a way to win. Even so, though, you had a really successful 2017 season. I mean, you scored six touchdowns, second most by a tight end in the Mountain West. I actually looked it up. In, in five of the six games that you scored, CSU won. So maybe really the only issue was they didn't get you the football enough. I mean, your word's not mine. <laughs> Got it now. I mean... I would have loved the ball more. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I knew my role coming into that, to that year. Um, I mean, we only have one football, and we have Mike Gallup, B.C. Johnson, Warren Jackson, um, Dalen Dawkins, and Izzy Matthews. Like, they got to get their touches. Those boys put points on the board. I'm just there to, to move the chains as need be. It is crazy, like, how much talent you guys actually had on the offensive side of the football that year. Yeah, I mean, you could even look at Cam Butler, who came in as a true freshman right Oh, behind. great point. Dude was an absolute stud. I mean, like, fortunate that he's hurt this year, but, like, he brought us a completely different dynamic. I mean, he's a freak athlete. He's 235 pounds coming as a freshman and could just stretch the field vertically, could do something I couldn't. I mean, so I was more than happy to, like, hey, let's figure out how we can get us both on the field and then still get Mike open. <laughs> Is Michael Gallup the, the best football player that you've ever played with? Um, no offense to anybody else out there. This isn't diminishing anyone. No, yeah. I played, I played, so I played with Garrett Bowles at Snow for two oh, years. Oh, wow. That's cool. Yeah. So I, I've, I've known him forever. Um, as far as like an athlete standpoint, Garrett's a freak. Like he's, he's been that way since junior college. Like just, I believe it. I mean, 6'7", 320, and he can move run a four six and just absolutely he'd never played offensive line until his freshman year at snow. He, wow. he played linebacker in high school and then went on a mission and then grew like four inches and put on 60 pounds. And then could he, he started playing left tackle cause he couldn't get in right handed stance. <laughs> <laughs> he started playing left tackle and then he was just a freak, but he's up there. I played with Harvey Longy in high school who plays for the, uh, the jets now. Um, Mr. Football, Mr. Everything. He was a freak, but as far as a football standpoint, Gallup's like, there's just something different with that man wow I, I didn't know you played with Garrett Bowles I would have asked you some questions about that is it is it kind of cool to see him finally getting his due you know it's obviously been kind of a tough road in the pros just with every it's you know ups and downs yeah no and I mean I mean I figured he it's kind of like he was when I played with him it's not like once takes him a little while to get along but once he figures it out I mean he's got every god-given ability you need to be a successful left tackle I mean, stuff like we were talking about, you can't teach. So um, I figured, you know, contract year, you might as well ball out. I mean, now's the, now's you the, might as well get paid, right? Exactly. So, um, no, happy for him, happy for the success he's having. I figured it was a matter of time. Um, whether the Broncos sign him back up or if he gets picked up in free agent, he's probably going to be one of the top free agents. So excited for him and his future. Shoot, I think at this point it's going to be, you know, can the Broncos keep him, not, you know, do they want to keep him? 
Yeah, the fans are a bit harsh on my guy. <laughs> they, last few years, they were they were coming at him. I'm sure he had to turn his mentions off. <laughs> it it can be ugly sometimes, and and I'll, I'll be honest. You know, my my perspectives changed a lot. You know, in over the last half decade, having worked in sports and getting to know everybody, you know, on a personal level, I'll admit, you know, I'm I'm sure I said some dickish things in my younger years, you know, <laughs> as a sports fan, but. Man, people can be mean on there. Well, do you remember that when you were playing, just mean tweets after the loss, after you know losses? <laughs> um, I I was fortunately not the victim of too many mean tweets. Uh, <laughs> I remember one my uncle sent me. I can't remember who might have been you who posted it. Oh, I hope not. Well, it was basically it was like your top five tight ends, like who you wish you could come back and play for CSU, and my oh, uncle did, tagged yeah. me. And then somebody responded with, there's about six other tight ends I'd want to have before this guy. <laughs> I'm tagging this, man. I was like, I've been done for like a year and a half. Like, do I not get a pass anymore? Oh, man. See, it, there have been a lot of good tight ends at CSU. You know, and yeah. that guy was mean about it, but there, there have been a lot of good <laughs> tight ends. Hey, I've, got, I've got some thick skin, so I, I wasn't too. I thought it was funny. <laughs> ones that gave me a good chuckle usually the, the mean ones gave me more of a laugh than, than the nice ones you know speaking of good tight ends you know what do you what are your thoughts on trey mcbride that man is a stud <laughs> like i love trey mcbride and everything i he was getting recruited um as i was on my way out so um i know he spent a lot of his time with toby as his host and stuff but i remember talking to coach cox about him because coach cox and i would spend a lot of time after just breaking down film or talking through things and he was just, I remember one time he was like, yeah, I walked down and watched Trey play basketball and he literally just drop step, two hand slam. <laughs> I was like, good for you. And then he showed up and I was like, that's what a tight end's supposed to look like. <laughs> good, good, good on you. But no, he's a, he's an absolute stud, um, plays the game the right way. I mean, even looking back at last week's game, um, it was tough. Obviously it was kind of hard to watch, but I mean, you saw him doing it on special teams. Like that's how you know you have a football player. Like he wasn't just doing it on offense. He's, making plays on punt, uh, willing to be a starter. Like most people who are those high profile players don't want to want to play special teams. Like they think they're kind of too big time. And the fact that he's doing it, making plays, busting his butt the entire time. I mean, kids going to have a long, long future, a lot of success playing football. What I loved about it too, was after the game, I, I asked him about those special teams tackles and he obviously stripped the dude and you know, I, I thought for a second, you'd be like, yeah, you know, it was a pretty good play instincts. And he was just like, no, he's like the fact that I'm even making plays. He's like, he's like, we're completely out of balance. He's like, guys, we, we got to get it together. Like he didn't, he just wasn't happy at all. He was just pissed off about everything and, that had gone wrong as, as he should be. Yeah. And that's what's going to make him great. Just those little details, his attention to the little things is what's, what's separating now and what's going to continue to separate him even further moving forward. What's your kind of impression of of the team so far? Have you have you gotten to watch all three games? Yeah, I've been uh, I've been tuned in. Um, I mean, thinking back to the Wyoming game, like they came out completely different team. Yeah, I mean, it's I think their defense coming out and making plays immediately kind of gave everybody a little bit of confidence um, to keep rolling. Um, it's kind of hard, you know, voice a game to special teams. Um, it's kind of hard to come back from that. It kind of takes the momentum out of everything. And it's those attention to details. Like you got to, they always say you got to win two of the three teams, whether it's offense, defense, or special teams, you got to win two of them to be in the turnover battle to be in the game. And, uh, you know, they just got to, they got to fix a few things and uh, keep, they got to win the battle in the trenches. I mean, it comes out offensive and defensive line. Um, they can get a push on their side of the ball. Um, that's what's going to set them up for success and then get the ball to Dante and Trey. Um, let them make plays. Steve Adazio doesn't actually have a special teams coach. It's, you know, kind of falls under his responsibilities. Is that surprising to you just given that, I mean, there's, you just, you have to look for so many different things in a game. I I don't know. I almost feel like that's something it's so important. You kind of need somebody to solely be focused on that. Yeah. Um, I don't know if I've ever been on a team where we've had a sole special, like we've had, like I think my senior year, we had Jamie Bryant, who coached safeties, who was also our special teams coordinator. That's true. Yeah, usually they have another role so, on top. Yeah. Of that. So I don't. I don't know why it's not been delegated. Because um, I mean, when we ran it, I only have my experience to speak from. But it was you know special teams meetings, 
or ran by that coach only. Everybody else is kind of QBs go off and do their QB things and yeah, we'll start meetings and everybody else is there with that. So they have somebody to be accountable to somebody instead of just the masses. I think a little hierarchy um, of more vertical, but I mean, if it's worked for him in the past, I'm, I'm not sure. I don't it's it's one of those things where I mean he's obviously a, a veteran football coach, so I'm I'm sure he's plenty aware yeah. of special teams. I just I just think you know like when you're trying to focus on managing the clock and everything else that you have to do in the games and you know all the little micro yeah. decisions that determine whether you win or lose a game, it's just a little weird to me that they don't have a guy that's you know really locked in on special teams. No, absolutely, I I, I agree with you there. I think that they should have somebody that that's what they're responsible for. Um, and it rolls up to him, obviously, but it goes through somebody else who, you know, this is, this is my role. This is what I do. This is my team. It allows them to take pride in it. Are you kind of thankful that, you know, you don't have to play right now, just given all the wonkiness? I was actually talking to Jake Bennett about it the other day. I, I, was, I was thinking I might actually enjoy it. I mean, <laughs> like just being able to just focus, just football, I guess. That makes know? sense. There's there's obviously outside distractions in the world right now other than football, but when I was in school between going to class and running around and then social life and still football, I mean, I wish I could have focused more on just football. So I don't know if they're able to do that. I haven't really spoken with anyone currently, but from an outsider's perspective, I was like, hey, maybe this would be okay. Like I could actually spend a year just focusing on football. That actually makes a lot of sense now that I think about it. And I think I think probably to an extent they would just because you don't have, I mean, you still have classes and homework and stuff, but a lot of it's online. I'm sure they're really discouraging them from, you know, going out and socializing. So, you know, what else are you going to focus on? Exactly. Like if you're not going to Old Town after, after (laughs) you're able to get up the next morning, hang out, go, go to workouts, spend a little more time working on your craft and uh, trying to be a well-rounded college student. Now I know, you know, you weren't Michael Gallup. But you were a CSU football player, a starter. Was that, you know, kind of a fun experience going out to the bars and stuff, especially, you know, Lucky Joe's places where they're well aware of who's on the team and who's not? Yeah, uh, uh, probably some of my best memories at CSU. I mean, grew really close with Kevin Lavad at Lucky Joe's. Uh, we'd go out, <laughs> go golf, go hang out. Like, it's my friend. <laughs> like, even yeah. to this like, we still like, go to town, I see him. Um, and it was always cool seeing him on the sidelines. Uh, best hands in the Mountain West, all ball boy. Um, he'll be the first to tell you that. Um, but no, just have, building those little relationships that you know are going to last a lifetime. Like it was the best. And uh, Jake and I did leave our mark on Lucky Joe's the uh, the coffee bombs. Oh, so good. Those were created by me and Jake. Both really? For it. yeah, it was uh, one summer we were in there and we were having a having a couple drinks, talking to Kevin, and I was like, man, I love your your Irish coffees. I was like, if you can figure out a way to make a drop shot like a car bomb, like that'd be awesome. And he's like, you could just see the wheels turning in his head. He's like, I got something. And then we literally just concocted it right there on the bar, took a picture. There's a picture of it somewhere. And then from that day, like it's all they sell now. And then I ended up working there uh, spring year of my senior year um, behind the bar, bar back. And I mean, got nothing but love for old town, Lucky Joe's especially. Dude, I'm not I'm not BSing you when I say that's probably my go-to drink in Old Town. It's it's the oh. coffee bomb. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it it absolutely took off. I know he went down to the Jameson Bartender's Bar in uh, Denver the next year and was telling people, and it's it's growing. So it started at Lucky Joe's, and uh, yeah, it's taken over the world now. I do. I I gotta ask you just briefly. You don't have to give all the details, but you kind of told me a little story you know, when we were messaging back and forth about after that Boise State game. And and you told me that Jake Bennett, he kind of went after a Boise State fan that was wearing a Boise State jersey. Can can you tell that story? Is that one you're allowed to tell? Oh, absolutely. He he did have this crazy look in his eye. (laughs) (laughs) All all seriousness, no, we were, uh, game got over late. I mean, I remember coming back to the locker room. I had congratulatory texts from family members who shut the game off. Oh, that hurts. Yeah, and it was after midnight. They were back in Utah, so everybody was asleep. And, uh, I mean, just a somber moment. Me and Jake hop in his truck and drive back to our house. And, um, like always, we lived with kids who didn't play. Um, three, other, three other roommates that didn't play on their team, so they'd always, you know, be in the stands, hanging out, tailgate. So people always come back over. Um, our house would always be full. It was just open-door policy. And uh, one of our roommates 
one of his friends went to Boise State and he came down for the game and was wearing a uh, Boise State. I can't remember if it was a jersey or a shirt, but it was blue and orange and it was hideous. And uh, we were just sitting there and everybody's kind of doing their own thing. And he comes and sits next to me and Jake and he's just talking our ears up. He's like, oh, you know, you guys played good. You guys had us there. Da, 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 da. Just wouldn't stop. And then Jake finally looked at him and was like, man, if you don't stop talking and go over there, I'm going to rip that jersey off of you and put you over there. <laughs> It's kind of playful, kind of serious. And uh, the kid was like, oh, okay. And then took his Message shirt. Received. Walked, walked over and sat on the other side with the other shirt off. And I was like, that was pretty cool, Jake. Good for you, man. <laughs> I, I just, the, 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 you got to have some awareness a little bit. I mean, you're around the players, man. Come on. I mean, I mean Boise's not even a state. How are they going to have awareness? Ex- oh, that's a good point. I mean, it is a junior <laughs> college, so we got we to gotta be careful. Yeah, I am. Oh, and two against that junior college, so I'll tread lightly. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. I, I, do, I, I don't want to use that as a derogatory <laughs> term. But. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm curious, were you more upset or angry, I should ask, after that Boise State game or after the CU game where you guys obviously got jobbed with, in my opinion, the most absurd offensive pass interference calls I think I've ever seen in my entire life? Um, I was more mad at the CU game. Those, yeah, absolutely asinine <laughs> ghost offensive PI calls. Um, that are still what were they even saying to you at that point? Like, what are the coaches, like, how do you even keep composed? I mean, you get the, the rhetoric of, a, you, you can't let the refs control the game. <laughs> and yeah. then by the third one, it's like, how many times can we say that before it's actually true? Like, you can, you can never blame the refs. <laughs> like, it's just something you're taught from the get-go. It's instilled in you. But there's a little part of it that creeps up, and you're like, man, I really want to blame them right now. I feel like I have a, uh, a lot that I could blame them on. Um, so that one definitely made me most mad. Um, Boise State, I was just sad. <laughs> just one sad panda in the corner. With that Boise State game, do you think it was just a matter of once, you know, once those dominoes started to fall, you just couldn't stop them? I mean, we stopped them. <laughs> like, it went 28 to 3. They came back. That's true. Yeah. What it, was, it was like 44, 28 or something. And then you got the 14 point lead again. Yeah. And that scored too fast. I remember hearing that a few times. Like, hey, you guys scored too fast. <laughs> it was like, what do you want them to do? <laughs> I mean, we thought we were in a good spot. Yeah. That, uh, I think it was uh, on sportsmanlike conducts. Um, that would have got him off the field that kept the ball, the chain moving to where they tied it up. At that point, I was like, man, we're going to be in for a long one. But uh, right at the end of that game, when body fumbled, I actually, one of the D linemen, the DNs for Boise State, I went to high school with. Um, and I just remember like the body fumbled and then he put his arm around me. He's like, hey, five push ups. Um, if we have the ball, I'll do five if you have it. And I had to drop down and give him five real quick. <laughs> After, <laughs> like everything kicked, taken out from me. I just, I can't even imagine, man. I, even as a writer of that game, and I, I mean, I followed CSU my whole life, so I, I wanted CSU to win that one badly, you know, with everything that had happened between 2011 and then Boise yeah. basically beating CSU, just kicking their ass every year. You know, you, you want it so bad, but I didn't even, I just remember going into the post game and, and not even knowing, you know, like, what am I supposed to ask these guys right now? Because I just know you guys are all heartbroken. Yeah, I mean, it's it's tough. I mean, you got to stand up and face the music. <laughs> like, I mean, it's, you know, try and get past it, work to next week, try and uh, short-term memory it as soon as you can. Um, but, no, you got to, at one point, you got to use that as a motivator. I mean, you got to <laughs> channel that, fuel your fire, and uh, be like, man, I don't want to feel this ever again. Um, but, yeah, that... <laughs> It's tough being in your position there. I understand that completely. It's not a good question to ask. Well, it's, yeah, it's just everything's obvious, you know, like how hard was that? Really hard. Like, <laughs> obviously. Yeah. No, you're, you're spot on there. It's a, <laughs> it's a position nobody wants to be in. We'd rather be celebrating. Well, man, I, I don't want to take up too much of your time here, but I, I'm, I'm kind of curious. When you look back on your, on your career at CSU, you know, what, what kind of stands out the most? What are you, you know, what are you most proud of? What, what makes you happy to think about? Um, probably the fact that I wasn't even supposed to be there. I mean, um, I know Kelly Lyle wrote a story on it a little bit, but I didn't go to college right out of high school. 
Um, I actually didn't get a lot of interest. I played on high school where 21 kids went D1, so I kind of got lost in the mix. Um, had a preferred walk on to snow coming out of high school. And then I was like, man, I, I guess football is not for me. So I started working. I mean, I worked a sales job for a year and a half, two years. Um, I had a buddy who came back from a mission and he went down to snow and he's like, man, you could still play down here if you wanted to, I guarantee it. So I ended up walking on at snow, getting back into shape, walking on there for my freshman year, played my freshman year, had a great sophomore campaign and went to CSU and first gen college graduate. So, I mean, that whole experience in itself was memories for a lifetime. I mean, couldn't have done it at a better place. I mean, the people of Fort Collins, Colorado in general are unbelievable. That's why I'm planning on moving back there this summer. Um, miss it too much, miss the weather, miss everything about it. Um, but no, yeah, just, I'm just going to remember how the people treated me there. I mean, took me in. I mean, the Jakes, the Trey Moxley's of the world, the Coloridos, all those people. I mean, Still got to see them all the time. Still make plans with them. Their family. I'm actually officiating Trey's wedding this summer, <laughs> so uh, we'll be seeing that. Hopefully, there's a, a few clips to make out of that. But no, I mean, just lifelong friends. The Ramleys, real. They're always in your corner, and they're they're accepting and loving people. Well said, my friend. Well said. Thank you for doing this. You know, I'd love to have you on again at some point if you're willing. And yeah. it's, you know, always great to talk football with somebody that actually got to be a part of the locker room and. <laughs> you know, experience at all. Yeah. And we might have to uh, tag team it with Jake and I. He was a little, little upset that I got the invite before. <laughs> was he? <laughs> no, not really. But I mean, he was like, hey, do you want to you tag team this interview? I was like, I'm sure we'll do it again sometime. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe we'll have to get the whole crew together. All right, man. Take uh, care. Justin. Appreciate it. Have a good one, man. Thank you.